Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. When we talk about going behind a mask, that's exactly what we just did with Super Bowl champion Carlton Davis. Make sure you tune in for additional content for some of the best athletes and entertainers in the world. Make sure you subscribe to the Behind the Mask podcast. Follow us on social media as well, at the BTM podcast. Click the bell for notifications so you know when a new guest are coming on, when a new show is being aired. Also, leave us a comment. Let us know who you would like to see on the show because we're reaching out to everybody. Season three bangers are going. Championship edition just dropped. Behind the Mask podcast. Only one rule. There are no rules. Let's get it. Let's go behind the mask. Welcome back to another episode of the Behind the Mask podcast. I am your host, Akio Spikes, and I got to bring in my partner, too. Well, yeah, homie. What's going on? It's your favorite plus-size model, Tucson Reyes, in the building. Spikes Dogs, what's good, baby? Plus-size model, what's happening? Yeah, man. It's in a quiet taste, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I, I, if that's what you say, I'll take your word for it. Hey, listen here, though, bro. Check this out. Another championship edition of the BTM podcast, man, and like, this is a special one because what makes this one so special is me and this young brother right here, we, we share some common ties. We both yeah. played on the Plains at Auburn, the same team that used to whoop up on Ole Miss. I'm pretty sure you, you can relate to it, though. You got you to gotta relax. You got to relax, man. <laughs> but anyway, man, listen, bro, I, I, I can't wait to get to this thing, man. Without further ado, we don't bring to the stage Carlton Davids, Super Bowl champ. What's, what's happening, going? my brother? Uh, what's good? How y'all doing? Thank you for having me, OG, Triple OG. Like you no said, problem. man, we always looked up to you at Auburn, talking about that Auburn defense. And, you know, when I was there, we was just trying to bring back that same swag you had when you was there. And, you know, hopefully we, we made y'all proud. Oh, no doubt, bro. You definitely made us proud. And, I remember from the first days that you came on and I talked with my own group of guys who strategically look at every player that come. Bro, you did not disappoint. Love the way that you played the game. Even going to the next level, which ended up being a Super Bowl. So I got to ask you, after you won your Super Bowl, what has life been like since that time, since you hoisted up the Lombardi Trophy? Uh, it's definitely been a life changer. Um, you know, just from the popularity standpoint to the respect standpoint to the way uh, people around you view you now, it's like they kind of put you on this pedestal, you know, whether you like it or not. And, uh, you know, a lot comes with that Super Bowl trophy. Uh, we put a lot of work into that. Uh, it was a, a hell of a journey. And, uh, you know, life is good right now. Uh, hopefully we can repeat this same cycle next year and uh, keep it going. And you did your thing in the Super Bowl, man. Salute, like Takeo said. And uh, I read a stat. I think Pro Football Focus has a stat that said uh, during the Super Bowl, you had 54 uh, cover snaps, only four targets, right? Two receptions for 14 yards. That seemed like shut down to me, man. Were you in the zone for the Super Bowl? I, what, what went into that preparation to have that, that type, of, uh, type of game? Um, it was definitely having that extra week to prepare because, you know, in the season, it's week by week. And, you know, just you just got to prepare any way you can. But having that extra week 
just really allowed me to hone in on my technique, allowed me to watch a little bit more film and uh, really get in my zone. And, uh, you know, when I was watching film, I was picking up on key things that would allow me to kind of have a, a cheat, you know, to know where he's going, what kind of route he want. And um, just the way they were lining up, the plays they like to do. And, uh, you know, I definitely, I felt like that extra week definitely allowed me to stay in my zone and, and make the plays I needed to make. And, uh, you know, really just be hands-on at the line, be that physical corner that I am. So the extra week was definitely the game changer for me. Yeah, and it definitely was obvious, man. But, like, when I look across the league and, like, I love the game, but I love players and I love how they work well with each other. You look at your secondary. You guys work well with each other. You were able to retain everybody. And now you're coming back. So. When I think of great secondaries, I think in the, I think of the Legion of Boom, you know, most recently that I know that you probably can relate to because you saw the yeah. way that they played the game. But when yeah. we talk about grave diggers, man, tell us about what what are the grave diggers? Um, I guess we're just a group of young guys, uh, like you said, aspiring to be like the Legion of Boom or like the No Fly Zone and uh, when Denver had their run. And, uh, you know, we're just a bunch of young guys who just kind of bonded together, uh, went through our struggles, but overcame it and uh, just want to continue to get better and, and, and become and reach our potential and reach that potential we know we can be. We got a lot of great guys, Jordan Whitehead, Antoine Winfield, Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunning, um, and, and many more that I, I know I'm forgetting. But, um, you know, as we continue to grow with each other, we're all, uh, you're, I think I'm the, I'm, I'm the oldest one in the in the DB group, and uh, I'm going into my fourth year. So everybody's either going into their fourth year or younger. So we're all we're all still growing. We're all still learning. And uh, I think each year we're going to get better and better and uh, until we reach our peak. And uh, who knows when we'll reach that. So I love playing with those guys, man. I can't wait to see what's, what's in the future for us. You know what, man? I, I got to eat some crow right now, uh, take my hat off. Sakio so and I had a, a Super Bowl bet, right? Oh. And real talk, <laughs> yeah, I roast his ass. That's how it be. I thought the Chiefs was going to run it back. I can't sit here in front, you know, like like the I ain't bet against y'all. You know what I'm saying? But with the grave diggers, obviously we know it, which I got on offense. Yes, what was it about, like each level of the defense, starting up front, then the middle level, and of course the back end on the secondary? What was it about y'all that made that game so one sided? Um. I'll start with the game plan. Uh, Todd Bowles, he had a hell of a game plan. Uh, and when we, when he told us and he went through it with us and uh, told us every detail and how he wanted it to be, we knew that if we executed it, that we would dominate that game. And uh, that's what we did. And uh, with the front seven we have, our D-line is stout. Um, you know our linebackers are, in my opinion, the best duo in the league. Sure. And then we got the, the young DBs the grave diggers back there just cleaning it all up. So uh, I know if we executed the game plan the way we need to be that, and we gave the ball back to Tom, that we knew we would win that game. And that despite, you know, the, the critics and, and, and everybody who was going against us because just the Chiefs, <laughs> they had that high-powered offense, and they seen us uh, – they seen us week twelve. They seen us week yeah. twelve, and, and they gave it to us. They gave it to us. It was a, it was a, it was a good game on their part. But um, you know, 
we we regrouped. We went over the film, and uh, we made our adjustments, man. And, and, and we knew what we were going to come, what was going to come at us. We knew what to expect. And, uh, you know, for us, the kind of defense we are, uh, I feel like we were the best defense in the league. And to play us twice is something that no, I don't think any offense would want to have because we're already just good up front. But if we see you again and we know your personnel and we know what you like to do, all the gimmicks and stuff, it's a, it's a, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Nah, nah, you definitely did your thing, man. And, and, and you look at, uh, you come in a year, year one after doing it all over again. A few weeks ago, we had your, 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 your buddy, your, your road dog, one of the grave diggers, Antoine Winfield Jr. on. And he felt like, you know what? You guys are complete enough to be able to try to run it back. And just really wanted to get your thoughts on it. Uh, I honestly think we'll be better. I think we'll be better than what we were last year just because of the way we came together. It was uh, it was that COVID protocol. And, you know, we were just getting to know each other Uh the offense was getting their chemistry down and uh, we had new players like Antoine coming in, learning the defense. And as a young secondary, we were still growing and, you know, learning. So I think this year will be even better. Our chemistry will be even better. The communication will be better. We know how each other play. Like I, they know I like the press. You know what I'm saying? I know my safety is going to come down and hit. Um, and we just know each other's game that much more. So I think, we'll be able to play off each other better, especially in the back end. And you, you want that continuity. You, you want to have the players around each other to really uh, make that that back-to-back -back run, right? But yeah. the team just released a statement, right? The players did. They said, we're choosing to take a stand with other players across the league and exercise our right to not participate in the voluntary off-season program. We had a fully virtual off-season last year, and we held each other accountable to do the work it took to win and we plan to do that again. So with missing another offseason, how, how will you keep that competitive edge, knowing that now you went from the hunter to the hunted? Everybody's going to be gunning for you, man. How you going to run it back? I love it like that. I'm going to be honest with you. I love when they just kind of, you know, pinning their 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 goals on us and, you know, we're the ones to beat because it's, you know, it makes you want to grind harder. But um, I stand with our team. You know, with COVID going on and cases are still going around, I just don't think it's the right thing for us to uh, put our families in jeopardy again of of catching that and possibly spreading it. I think it I think it was the right thing, the right call to make um, to have a virtual off season again, just because we didn't we don't really have our hand on this situation with the vaccines coming out. It does make it better, but everybody's not comfortable with the vaccines yet because of the you know the reports of, of people having blood clots or whatever but um i definitely feel like that was the right move to make and um you know this off season you know we're going to hold each other accountable again uh we're going to you know continue to meet virtually call call each other about uh the schemes and, and any any new plays that our coaches have have put in um you know we're going to meet up and uh get our work in like we did last year and, uh, you know, continue to keep that competitive edge. And I trust all our guys uh, have the complete utmost trust that they'll take care of their business, just like I'm going to take care of my business, because it's all about accountability in this league. Uh, you can't baby anybody. We're all grown men. And, um, you know, it's either you want to be accountable for your team and 
and the goals you've set or you're not. And, uh, you know, I guess the only way we're going to find out is just through the season. But we, like you said, we did it last year and uh, we're not banking on last year for this year. We're going to put that work in again and, and see what we get this year. Yeah. And I, I think that's the toughest part because, you know, we, we, we followed it. We followed the league closely and you see there was not even a drop off when you look at this year's past performance of games and you compare it to previous years, you're now going to your fourth year. And you've seen the old way. Last year was a new type of way that you guys were able to prepare. And so when you talk about staying committed and being accountable, what does that accountability looks like from a team perspective? Some of the things that you guys will probably do, even though you're not participating in the involuntary workout. Um, I think it's pushing yourself in every workout. Um, it goes back to what I was saying about, you know, having accountability and knowing what your role is on the team. So, like, let's just take Tom, for instance. You know, he's our quarterback, and I'm pretty sure he's throwing maybe right now, and he's keeping his arm fresh. He's, uh, you know, running routes with his receivers and uh, perfecting his role on our team. For me, I'm a DB I cover. So, as me backpedaling, breaking, making sure I know uh, what adjustments I have in the defense, um, studying my playbook, you know, making sure my speed and my feet are are up to date. And, um, you know, in my workouts, knowing what I have to accomplish, what I have to do. Like you said, I'm going into my fourth year now, so I know what to expect. I know how the game goes. Uh, Maybe for incoming rookies, it might be a bit different. Uh, You might need to hold their hand a little bit longer. But for the most part, I would say football is football. You know, the basics is the basics. Tackling, uh, for me, backpedaling, breaking, uh, reading routes. It's, football is football. And uh, as long as you understand your game, you understand how you can become the best player uh, that you can become, that I think you'll be all right. I think we'll be okay if we just all just keep that up, keep up that accountability and just hold yourself uh, to that standard that you know you can be. Yeah, and listen, we I love the game, and I can't get enough of it, bro, especially since I'm out of it. However, as a player, I know you. a lot of guys are skeptical about the 17-game season. As a fan, I love it. I don't have to put my body through it. <laughs> What's your take on the 17 games? Because I like to be entertained, bro. <laughs> and, uh, I like to entertain. I really do. I really do. Uh, I love it. I love, um, you know, stepping out on that field. It's a blessing uh, to be able to perform in front of hundreds and millions of people. And um, I think it's more so, I think, you know, guys are more so concerned about the maintenance of it and, uh, you know, how we're going to be able to keep up our bodies to be able to give that performance that you want to see. That that entertaining uh, grave digger performance that you know we're capable of doing. So you know yeah. it's not about how many games you play. It's about the longevity of it, and uh, you know you just being able to make those seventeen games and not you know being ran into the ground because of you know camp was about four or five weeks, or you know the practices was was just as hard and. You know, you go into the game. And so I think it's about recovery. I think it's about making sure the players are able to get to that game at their peak. 
And, you know, if, as long as the league agrees to, um, you know, keep up, our, keep up with our maintenance and allow us to be able to perform at our top notch level that, you know, the entertainment, the fans love to see, um, as long as that is, as long as we're able to do that, I think guys will be okay with that. But you know, you know, back, you know, you play the game. You know how it gets sometimes, where you know you being ran into the ground and guys are going down like flies, especially in camp. You know how brutal camp can be. And uh, I'm not sure if they uh, have already agreed to how camp is going to go. I'm not sure, but you know if they can, if they reduce camp and uh, you know allow us to make a lot, allow more guys to make it out of camp and have less nicks and bruises going into the season. I feel like that 17 game stretch won't be as bad as we say. I think it will be. All right, Carlton on the behind the mask podcast. There's only one rule. There are no rules. It's your first time, man. So we're going to really get behind the mask and see what Carlton Davis is about. Okay. From Miami. Yes, sir. So we're going to go with this or that. You got to pick one or the other trick daddy or Rick Ross. Come on now, you know, you know I'm a Miami native, and I can't. How <laughs> <Come on now. laughs> you gonna do me like that? Yeah, you can't do yeah. me. Like, I don't even. You know I'm a younger cat, uh, so I kind of gravitate more to Rick Ross. But I gotta pay my respects to Trick Daddy Dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like he he the mayor of Miami. You know what I'm saying? So I'm 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 picking Rick Ross, but I ain't putting I ain't saying <laughs> nothing bad about Trick. You know the Daddy Dollars man. You know, major respect, major love to both of those cats. All right. Let's go with, would you rather have a pick six or a scoop and score? Pick six. That's, come on, all. That's every DB dream. You know what I'm saying? I need a pick six. A scoop and score, is, that's cool, but it's not as exciting as making that break on the ball and taking it for the six, man, like, like an air read. You know what I'm saying? No doubt, no doubt. And I'm glad you mentioned Ed Reed, because now we got two GOATs, Hall of Fame safety, Troy Palomalu or Ed Reed. I got to go with the UM legend, you know what I'm saying? You know I'm from Miami, looking up to those guys. I was growing up, Ed Reed was, he's a god in Miami. You know what I'm saying? I got to go with Ed Reed. I got to. All right, let's go over to, let's go to the corner position now, baby. Let's go okay. prime time. Deion Sanders or Charles Woodson? Okay. Uh, I got to go with prime time because of swag. He just, he, you know what I'm saying? Prime just had that swag. He had that confidence. And to be on that island with that kind of swag, is you, you got to be a different kind of cat. You got to be a different breed for that. So I'm going to have to go with prime time just because, you know, he did. He, he's the so-called, he's a standard for corners, and and he just changed the game. He changed the game for all corners. For sure, for sure. Now we're going to flip to the offensive side of the ball. Two guys you had your battles with. Who brings the best out of Carlton Davis? Tyreek Hill or Michael Thomas? <laughs> uh, uh, I say uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, because he got me. He got me in that week 12 game. And uh I got I feel like I got him back in the Super Bowl. I got my hands on him. You know what I'm saying? Definitely limited him uh to his uh potential and what he can do. 
But uh, I would say Tyreek Hill because I want to see him again. I got. I, I I need another round with him. And uh, <laughs> and thirteen, he cool. He, you know what I'm saying? He, yeah. He, <laughs> you say 13 just alright <laughs> listen we already peaked it out bro like yeah, we, we seen the, the little Twitter battle back and forth you know what I'm saying I'm gonna be honest with you I don't speak on that you know what I'm saying sure. you know where I'm from bro. I don't speak on that I do all my talking on the field but it just uh, in that moment you know what I'm saying I just felt like I had to voice myself but um, right we see it. We gonna see him real soon. We are gonna see them real soon. Sure, sure. See, even like I, I tell you what was funny because, like, I watched the game and I even went back and did a compilation even last year after you guys played when y'all went into the playoffs, and I was surprised to see. I know Michael Thomas; he didn't put up big numbers, but when I went back and I watched the stats, you held him to eight catches, sixty-eight yards in two games, no touchdowns. So I guess I want to know, like, what have you figured out against him that other corners just have not been able to do? I'm going to be honest with you. I guess it's just my skill set. You know, the way I play the game is um, I'm physical, man. And uh, I love the physicality of the game. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to go up to the line. I'm going to press you. And – you know, if you're not quick enough or, you know, if you just can't get off the press, then it's going to be a long game for you. You know what I'm saying? That's that's my strength. That's what I'm going to continue to do. And uh, I guess it's, you should – it's not about what I figured out. It's about what he can do to, you know, stop me, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm just playing my yeah. game. I'm just doing what I do for anybody. There's no specific, oh, he do this, this, and that. I'm just, you know, perfecting my craft every year and, and doing what I do and, you know, making my technique better by by the game. And uh, I think I can't honestly answer that question. I just – I do what I do. I, I'm going to do it to him. I do it to anybody else I'll play. You just get the worst of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, so, built. For sure. For sure, man. You, you, you see all the amazing DBs around the league, and um, I think a term that's thrown around a lot is, is a lockdown corner. Um, do you consider yourself a lockdown corner? For sure. And uh, the thing about that is I'm glad you said it's a term thrown around the league because I definitely consider myself a lockdown corner because, uh, number one, if I I follow guys, I follow guys. If you're the best on the team, you'll see me traveling with them. I'm going Mm -hmm. left, I'm going right, I'm going in the slot. I'm playing man-to-man, you know what I'm saying? Like, we stopping the run. That's one of the first things we do. So you're going to see me play man-to-man a lot, and I'm pressing. You know what I'm saying? So I ain't, I'm not hiding in coverages. Um, you know, if you go back to the fence, you see me in a lot of one-on-one ball. Off, on. I ain't, I ain't you know what I'm saying? I ain't, you know, ain't, ain't too many. Ain't, we ain't playing too much too high. You know what I'm saying? We played some in the Super Bowl, but for the most part of the season, you see me one-on-one coverage. And uh, and then a, another thing is the stat sheets show it. You know what I'm saying? You look at the targets, you look at the yards, you look at the touchdowns, you look at the stats of the receivers that I'm sticking, and it's, you know, it's, it's an average. You see them, it's kind of like consistent. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm holding them to a certain amount. Uh, they not, 
you know, having big games. You know what I'm saying? I'm consistent with that. And uh, this year, I'm going to be even more consistent. Man, this year, I'm going to try to shut it all down. You know what I'm saying? Nothing. So that's my goal. That's what I'm, that's what I'm working towards. And one of the things you just said, uh, don't think don't think we ain't catch it. You said you travel with the receivers, with the best receivers. So mm-hmm. basically, you can't be a lockdown corner if you ain't traveling, if you hiding on one side. I mean, you said it. I ain't saying it. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. You know what I'm saying? That's what you said, dog. So, and and uh, and, that, and that's the truth. You know, Revis, he he traveled. He went everywhere. Patrick Peterson, he traveling. He he want to smoke. You know what I'm saying? If you feel like you're the best corner, you feel like you could lock down anybody, you feel like you got that skill set to do it, then show it. You know what I'm saying? Anywhere on the field. And I feel like that's what the best lockdown corner should do. I feel like that's what that's what they should do every time, every game. See, peek this out though. Like when you look at big picture, I think first things first, you gotta get out of the division. And when you look at the division, you guys did a great job of running away with that. Two teams in particular, you're gonna have changes. Actually, three. You know, new coaching staff in Atlanta, same quarterback but possibly two new quarterbacks, two new quarterbacks when you look at Carolina, and then you also look at the Saints. And so now mm-hmm. when you look at this New Orleans team, if t- going back five to seven years, they pretty much ran the division. Um, I think yeah. we all know who is the front runner now, but how does that change in particular when you look at this New Orleans team, whether or not you're going up against Taysom Hill or going up against Jameis, like, like, does that change anything as far as your mindset, what you do, or what you look forward to doing? Um, I'm gonna just be honest. Um, you know, I got all respect to Drew Brees, man. He was a hell of a quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, introduced me to the game. My first game was against him, and he torched me. So uh, never forget that. But I got a lot of respect for Sean Payton and his play calling, and and just how he runs the team. Uh, even when Drew was hurt, um, they were still winning games. And, um, you know, the play calling was a big part of it. And, uh, you know, I, you never want to underestimate the Saints and, and Sean Payton because uh, they just kind of sneaky with it. You know, they, they just find different ways, different loopholes to lo- to use their players. Uh, and Alvin, Kamara, 13, and, uh, you know, the other guys they have. So, um, you know, I, I, for me – you know, they're going to have to just show me that they're not the same team. I won't go into the game thinking, oh, okay, we got to don't have to prepare as much as we did last year because of the, the quarterback change. So I'm going in with the same preparation because I know that they got some type of gimmick. They're going to have something to substitute um, Drew not being there. And I, I know he, he's right now, right now he's looking on, how to keep that same fire in their offense. So I won't uh, I won't underestimate them. And you, uh, obviously, Spike said it, doing your thing out there, physical corner. You go against the best receivers week in and week out. And one thing I can admire is that you you can't afford to take a playoff because, you know, if you do, you let down your team, right? So yeah. you got Julio two times a year, yeah. right? Whew. Mike Evans two times a year. Wow. You already went against Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams in the playoffs. Who else am I missing? 
D Hop. Now the new well, generation. Mike, Mike Evans every day, you man. We, we, I ain't get to him yet. The, 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 new, the new generations, you got DK, you got AJ Brown, and then yeah. you have Mike Evans on your team. All these yeah. phenomenal receivers in the league. Put you on yeah. the spot, going behind a mask. Who's the best receiver Carlton Davis has ever went against? I think by the year it changes. Uh, by the season, I, I definitely think it changes. Um, my first year in the league, I would have said that Julio was the best uh, just because the things he was doing and when I seen him, his physicality, his abilities, it just is outrageous. Like it's, it compares to none, honestly. But um, last year, I would have said that it was probably Devontae Adams. You know, he's uh, he's really come along with his game. Um, and uh, he just he has a lot of intangibles that, that guys don't have. Um and like I said, by the year, it changes. So uh, last year, I would have said it was Devontae Adams because just because of, uh, you know, the way he moves, man, he moves so smooth and quick. And uh, it's kind of like uh, Phantom. You know, he's here one second, he's gone the next second. And, uh, you know, his his route tree is crazy. The way he runs his routes is uh, unpredictable at times. You got to really be patient and um, be sound on your technique. Uh but there's a lot of great guys you mentioned. And like I said, any year, at any time, in any year, there can be a breakout receiver. Like DK had a great year last year where he was really just going off. And uh, he'll probably get better this year. And um, it's just so many, so much talent in the league. And like you said, like every game, there's a, there's a guy. Every game, there's a guy who does something totally different from the guy you stuck last year. I mean, last game. So uh, it's definitely fun for me to be able to, like, go up against all these guys, man. I'm, I enjoy the process, and I enjoy just seeing these different receivers because at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a competitor, and I love to see it. You know, I love to compete against those guys. I love to uh, have a chance to say that I locked them down. You know, it's a thrill for me. I, I love it. I can't stop it. Uh, so, you know, I'm looking forward to this year and going up against all those guys again, man, and just – Earning that respect, man, and just you know, not even earning, but taking it, you know. And your 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 team, your practices, it ain't no slouch neither. Mike Evans, you know what I'm saying? A. Chris B. Godwin, Chris Godwin. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I think that really prepared me, uh, especially my rookie year, going up against those guys, uh, especially Mike. A lot of, I don't know if uh, people know this about Mike, but he has one motor in practice, like. And then, and I'm looking at him. I'm like, how you? Why are you just so explosive every play? Like every time you go against him, he's explosive. He's working his routes. He's breathing. You know what I'm saying? Making sure he's uh, running his routes precisely. And uh, you know, going up against him every day. He's he has a huge competitive side. Like he hates to lose. Uh, Chris as well. I, I didn't get a chance to go up against AB because he came later on in the season. But uh, Chris is another one who hates to lose. So. Going up against those guys every day in practice has, has been great for me. Allows me to really hone in on my technique. And uh, I love it, though. I love it. You know what I'm saying? Just to mess with them in practice. And this year, I can't wait to see them again. So, you know, when I get a good jam on them or I lock them up, I'm going to talk my stuff. You know what I'm saying? Just to get in their head, <laughs> just to see how they respond. But, yeah, you got me. You got me excited for camp right now, dog. <laughs> sure. Well, damn it, go put the cleats on then. Uh, <laughs> Got to. Got to. Hey, bro. 
hey man, after the Super Bowl season, the win in 2020, um, it's fair to say that y'all didn't leave any food on the table for nobody else to eat. So now coming into the last year of your contract 2021 season, what does it look like for Carlton Davis? Um, for me, I, I gave you uh, a little glimpse of what I wanted to do early on um, when I was talking about just locking everybody down. And I know uh, I can't control, you know, I think about me, I like to, you know, control what I can't control. And that's right. my play on the field. You know, as far as the Pro Bowl votes and the all pros and the accolades, that'll take care of itself. You know, uh, if I could control it, I would. But I want to control what I can control. And that's just being the best corner I can be. And for 2021 season, uh, I want to be the best corner in the league. And I wanted to be uh, noticeable. I wanted to be known. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to take everybody out the game and uh, I'm trying to really be the lockdown corner and kind of have that Revis kind of season, you know, where he was just taking everybody out and everybody kind of feared him. So um, that's what I'm working towards. And that's what, you know, my 2021 looked like. Well, bro, we appreciate the time, man. You pulling up on us on the BTM podcast, man. We wish you much success and we don't check back in with you by the end of the season, but before the end of the season, to see what's happening, bro. So you just make sure that you got us some good stuff because we're going to be watching. I got you. Appreciate y'all for having me, man. Good thing, fam. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.